everyone and welcome to the One Love Live Love Walk Bible Study. I'd like to uh, welcome you um, and today we're going to be doing something a little interesting. We're going to be talking about a subject that is, I wouldn't say controversial, but I think it's not really as understood uh, as it could be. And as you guys know, we come together to read the Word of God so that we can get clarity on our lives and live a more fulfilling life. So today, um, we're going to be talking about the subject of greed. And I know it's not fully understood. I can honestly say that um, I have not fully understood it. And when I say I have not fully understood it, but really taken the time to sit down and study it. And sometimes you need to study these things, even if you don't have an issue with it or you think you don't have an issue with it. Sometimes understanding it helps you to understand other people. It helps you to understand other areas of your life where maybe you didn't think, you know, that a particular subject had any meaning or bearing. Um, but it actually does. So I think this is really an eye-opening uh, study. So if you will go with me, grab your Bible, and we are going to go into the Word of God. So um, our anchor text today is going to be Jude chapter 1, verse 11. And um, I know we don't read much in Jude, but I think this is a great place to uh, begin, specifically because it does address greed. So let's begin. It says, Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perish in the gainsaying of Kor. So let's read that one more time. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. And if you can read in Jude, it's really talking about some of the um, things that were going on in the church at that time. Um, a lot of times we depict a picture of, you know, people with power, you know, um, healing the sick, you know, going from town to town, building churches and planting churches and just so much going on, you know, these epistles being written. But right underneath the surface, if you really look carefully at the epistles, if you really look carefully at the scriptures, you see there was a lot of uh, dissent going on, a lot of falling away, people leaving the faith, coming back, people um, doing things that were maybe not as um, good to do. People mis make having misunderstandings in the faith. Lots of things were going on and um, with people even turning away and turning the faith into some sort of money-making scheme. So I think it's important for us to kind of understand deeply um, the times that uh, they wrote about and so that we can understand our own times and it doesn't seem so foreign or strange to us. So when we look at Jude, it's talking about the way of Cain, the error of Balaam, and also those who perish in the gainsaying of Kor. So what is gainsaying? Gainsaying is contradiction fueled by strife. So imagine it's someone who just contradicts you just because they're in, in, in competition with you. They're striving with you. So it doesn't matter what you're saying. You could say, you know, the sky is blue. They'll say, no, it's red. And they're saying that because um, they're fueled by strife. So gainsaying is just contradiction fueled by strife. They just want to oppose you. And then if we think about what Balaam was doing, Balaam sought to prophesy against good so that he could get paid, so he could get 
coin, as they say, he wanted a reward for saying what he knew was wrong. And that is what Balaam did. So a lot of times we don't know um, that there is an error of of, of Balaam, you know. And then what is the way of Cain? The way of Cain, like a path or a, a way of life, a way of going. What was his way? Um, The way of Cain was that Cain decided not to follow the way of God, even after clear direction. He just decided, okay, nope, I'm going to do something else. And I think we forget that when we read that scripture in Genesis where Cain decides, you know what? God tells me that my, you know, offering isn't what he wants, but I'm just going to do something else. And it's really that, that, you know, these three areas are really important areas because um, they sort of underline some of the issues that we have in terms of being human. Um, Let's go ahead and look at Amos chapter 2 verse 6 and let's get a little bit more clarity. Um, It says, thus said the Lord, for three transgressions of evil, evil, I'm sorry, for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they sold the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of shoes. Now that just seems crazy. So you're going to sell righteous people for silver. Okay. That makes kind of, I would say that makes little sense. That's kind of what Judas did with Jesus. He sold Jesus who was an innocent man for a few pieces of silver. And then it says, it sells the poor man for a pair of shoes. Think about how little you, one must think of a poor man if you can sell him for shoes. So greed makes a man to lust after the most trivial things. And he wants more of anything. That's really the bottom line. When we think of selling someone for silver or a pair of shoes, it's a kind of greed that is, is at its deepest level. Where really, you want more of anything. You want something so bad, you're willing to do something um, that is abominable to get it, which would be to sell a man for a pair of shoes or to sell the righteous for silver. So homes, cars, friends, wives, clothes, money, sex. Notice I said friends because people often forget that people pleasers are often greedy for approval. They want more commendation than is due. And whims of others, you know, they do this because they actually want to have that approval, those accolades, that fame. You know, and you know, I actually uh, did a two-part series on it. The first one was, "Are you, um, are you a people pleaser?" And the second one was, "Anatomy of a people pleaser." So the greedy are not satisfied with their own spouse; they want someone else's. They're not satisfied with their own looks; they want someone else's. They're not satisfied with their own accomplishments; they want someone else's. They want more of everything. And I want you to be aware of this. It often masks itself as ambition or even self-esteem. You know, greed is also a kind of envy. It fits into the category of a lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Envious people are often uh, proud. 
we say people who envy or uh, people pleasers have low self-esteem, but the opposite is actually true. They are people who have determined that the measure of attention, of love, adoration, sex, beauty, finance, food, attention, whatever, they have determined that it is not enough. They do not have enough. So they lust greedily after others. They have determined in pride that what God has given them is not good enough. And God made man and woman and made them one flesh. We can see this in uh, the, you know, marriage um, covenant that God makes. He made them one flesh. We usually sort of use that scripture uh, in Genesis 2.24 to chastise certain lifestyles. But that scripture also speaks against the greed of promiscuity and adultery. Don't you understand, you know, God is saying to want someone other than your one spouse is greed and it is a slap in the face of God's design. So if we read in Genesis chapter two, verse 24, it says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall join to his wife and they shall be one flesh. So two become one, two don't become three. and, and, and two do not, three do not become one and four do not become one or seven. Anything beyond two is a man-made invention that doesn't honor God's model. It honors those sins that beset us so easily. It is a kind of greed and we see it in all kinds of areas. It's not about sexual fulfillment. It's about greed and discontent with the measure that God has given. That is why those who are serial adulterers that keep cheating, it's actually about greed. It's about wanting more, more of anything. Remember, greed always has a reason. And that's really the idea behind it. When we think that we need more of this or we need more of that, there's always a reason why we think that we do. Um, it, It rationalizes itself. The envious tell themselves that someone else doesn't deserve it, but they do. The prideful, you know, say that having this much material gain or these sort of items will give them more status and therefore more worth. The more I get, the more value I will have. It is this idea that I want this for a reason. So greed is lust. And this is the bad kind of lust, the kind that is not good for us. Let's go ahead and look in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. It says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. So I want us to do something different. Let us replace the word lust with greed. And now I'm going to read it to you with the word greed instead of lust. For all that is in the world, the greed of the flesh and the greed of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. Think about that. To have a greed of the flesh and a greed of the eyes. It's okay to want something, but lust is an inordinate and selfish want. That's what greed is. It's to want more than your share. Remember, God is a God of abundance, but he is also a God of boundaries, allotments, and inheritance. He gives every man his portion. 
even when he overflows you, he is still giving you the portion that he has allotted to you. God is so good. God also says that he is our portion. Can you imagine that? God is endless. And in Lamentations chapter 3 verse 24, God tells us that he is our portion. The Bible says in Ephesians 3 and 20 that he can do more than we can ask or think. Let's look at that one. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. See, God can do more than you could even ask for. So the need for selfishness, the need for greed, it's really futile. It's really, you know, kind of a slap in the face to God. Greed, lust, selfishness, it's, a fr- it's an affront to an exceedingly great and generous God who gives above what we could ask or even think. The Bible says in Malachi 3 and 10, he says that he'll pour out a blessing that we do not even have room to receive. So you see, God isn't against overflow and abundance. He's not. He says he'll pour out more than we can can even hold ourselves, but he has to pour that out. Remember, the Old Testament is really the law, but it, it's, it's actually um, the, the perfect law of love that we're actually moving towards. So the Old Testament is about the, the old and the, the New Testament is about that perfect law of love, that God is fulfilling the law of the Old Testament through the perfect law of love in our hearts through faith and obedience in Christ. So then God is not asking for tithes. He is getting at selfishness and moving us from selfishness. He is asking us to have a heart that does not seek its own, but gladly gives and allows God to bestow his portion, a portion that we are taught overflows. The woman at the well, can you remember that lady? You remember Jesus met her at the well and she was seeking water, trying to satisfy her thirst? Well, Christ said, you will thirst again, but the water I give you satisfies forever. And we see this in her life. She had five husbands and none satisfied. We are are even, you know, we are ever, ever, getting more and more and more our greedy eyes and flesh you know always want more but is never satisfied and we have to learn the contentment with christ and allow him to give us our portion let's look in first timothy chapter 6 verse 6 it says but godliness with contentment is great gain Why is it great gain? Because when you're content in the Lord and you start walking after his way, he begins to give you not just the things that you need, but he gives you the overflow, that allotment that overflows itself. Remember he says he will pour you out a blessing that you will not have room to receive. When we start being content in him and start receiving from him and not trying to get and grab and take for ourselves, that is when his overflow and his abundance began to pour out in our lives. Let's go down to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7. It says, for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out so he's trying to tell us where our priorities ought to lie 
I gotta tell you that this greed thing, it's destroyed many marriages, it's destroyed many friendships, careers, families, and, and just anyone. You know, let's end our study in Ecclesiastes. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 8 to 9. It says, All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. The thing that has been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done, is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Think about that. Men and women are giving up their lives to get things that are not new and trying to satisfy the eye that will never stop seeing and the ear that is never satisfied with hearing. And that is what we do. You'll always need food. As long as you live on this earth, you'll always need food. You'll always have certain desires. It's never filled. But we go about trying to fill ourselves with these things because we do not wait for the filling of the Lord. The Lord can fulfill. Am I telling you not to go out and, you know, work and do things and acquire certain things? No, I'm not telling you not to do that. Yes, definitely live and live your life to the full, but to have a greed after it, to sell your soul for it, to do things that, you know, destroy your home life, your family, your marriage, to want more than what is allotted to you, that is what is destruction destructive and that is what god is warning us against remember greed will always have a reason so i want you to stop and ask yourself hard questions before you decide to go do something to get more to try to make your way and do this thing ask yourself those questions do i need it is this something righteous does it go against the word of god i hope you'll take the time to really you know take in this study Greed always has a reason, but you know that you have to receive that blessing, that overflow from the Lord. So I hope you'll take time, read those scriptures, meditate on it. And I pray that God gives you revelation and blessing in your life. God bless. Bye.